Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Today is a great day, and it is because I have all the way from Hyavel in the land of Israel slash Patterson, Missouri, I have Mr. Tommy Waller with me today, and uh, I have to say, the last time we did an interview, it was a big hit, so I'm, I'm, I have him here selfishly for our ratings, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes you get celebrities, you know, and uh, people just like to listen to him talk, you know, I mean, who knows why, right? Maybe they have something to say, maybe right. they don't, but... Um, it's a, an exciting time. I want to I wanna start off by just welcoming you. Tommy, thank you for being here. I appreciate uh, the time you've been spending with us and everything. No, it's been great, Ryan. I really appreciate the, just everybody here. Just a really great place. And, and uh, uh, I think more than anything, I, I appreciate the, the, what this congregation produces here that the fruit of that is getting people to Israel uh, to walk out these prophecies. You yeah. Know, this is an amazing thing. And so we, we need literally thousands of these kind of congregations all over the world. Yeah. No, really. we def that, we that need. we need. We absolutely need that. So, um, as you guys know, um, if this is your, your first time listening to us and you don't know who, uh, Mr. Tommy Waller is, um, he is the, the founder of Hayavel, which is an organization that serves the Jewish farmers in Judea and Samaria. And uh, that comes in many different kind of fruitions, but not the least of which is uh, planting, uh, you know, cultivating and harvesting grapes in the land of Israel, serving uh, the farmers over there, and really, from a baseline, restoring, helping to restore the, the land of Israel. And the reason they focus on Judea and Samaria is because it's the biblical heartland where 90% of your Bible happened. I mean, if you want to read a story about Abraham, if we're standing in the vineyards, which I've had the pleasure of doing, we could point out, oh, that's where Abraham was and he did that, and over there, that's where Jacob did this, and oh, hey, over here is where King David did that. And, um, you know, it's a fascinating, fascinating opportunity. And, and I'll tell you that uh, it's very cool to go over there and serve and, you know, see the appreciation of, um, you know, our, our brothers and sisters in the faith, the Jewish people over there, God's chosen people, and, uh, and how well, you know, we're received by them. It's just an awesome. I mean, you read the Bible, you read the book of Acts, you read, you know, Paul's letters, and you see the reconciliation and the restoration and all of these things, and then you get to see him come, come to life in Israel. And so um, if you guys uh, want to hear more about Hayavel, uh, there's a couple avenues. You can go to Hayavel.com. So that's H-A-Y-O-V-L.com. You can uh, go to their website, read all about the opportunities to serve in Israel. Um, one of the cool things is if you want to go to Israel, man, let me tell you, it's a, a much more affordable way to do it than you know some of the other means where you go on a tour and they put you up in five-star hotels. All that's great. But I mean, you get to actually go and participate in prophecy uh, in the land of Israel, which to me is the most rewarding. They should charge more for it, but yet somehow we get you know a discount to do it. Um, the other thing is you can listen to the Joshua and Caleb Report podcast. Uh, you can find this wherever podcasts are. 
um, which is, you know, on your podcast app on your iPhone or on SoundCloud or on the Charisma Magazine's podcast uh, loop. Uh, really anywhere you're getting podcasts today, if you're already listening to podcasts, you can get it um, on there. Uh, also, um, what, el- what else do I need to tell them about? Um, I think it's good. Just go to our website. You get a lot of information there, a lot of information. If you're not following Hyville on Facebook, you should be. So find Hyville on Facebook and uh, find uh, Mr. Tommy Waller on Facebook. He may already have all the friends he's allowed to have, but you could probably at least follow him on there. Yeah, I'm I'm getting like, like they're pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to not be a friend, you know? Yeah, I understand. Uh, But I, I, it's, Facebook is kind of a weird deal for me anyway, but. Um, to understand, you know, friendship through Facebook is probably not biblical. I don't think. I, I find that I, my joke is that you need to get your face in the book and yeah. the, the Bible is the book I'm referring to. Yeah. Facebook, um, yeah. Facebook. get yeah, your face in the book, Get your face in the book. Yeah. I yeah. like that. But, but we are doing a Bible study every morning. Uh, it's, I, I think challenging. It's, it's from, you know, what, what I've, what maybe what I've journeyed through. And that's what Yeshua tells us, to be a witness, you know. And so I think we have to uh, be a witness what God is uh, dealing with us. And and for me, it is, you know, full go with this whole Israel thing. And I know that makes people feel uncomfortable, but uh, for, for some, for other people, it, it's exciting. And I think that that's, that's what I'm excited about. I'm definitely we're God, excited. We're seeing God do something. Um, but I've been there. Just yeah. like, I mean, you've been there much longer, yeah. right? I mean, I went for a couple of weeks right? and just the little bit I got, uh, I want more. And right. I think that that's, uh, an experience that everybody I'm there a lot have. and I still want more. Praise God. I mean, that's yeah. great. That's great. That's exactly the way yeah. it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, the, the, the people of God should be married to God's land. I mean, and when you're yeah. married, you want more, right? You shouldn't ever right. have enough. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, so a couple, couple things you've been, um, you know, kind of talking, uh, with us this week, and uh, a lot of things have come up about the importance of Israel to the gospel. Mm. And one of the one of the questions that you know I find that maybe as as Christians in general that we've been told what is the gospel, and I'm, I'll give kind of a short synopsis of what I think most people think the gospel is. It's John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life, right? Mm. Which, praise God, that it definitely is the way the gospel happens, right? That's definitely one of the the means and methods of the gospel. Um, But I I think that defining the gospel through the scriptures is an important thing to do in order for us to get our our heads and our hearts aligned with the direction that God wants us to go. Right. Because ultimately I hear people saying, oh, well, the, the gospel is in the Torah. And I'm like, well, you're right. The gospel is in the Torah. I, I mean, we study the Torah and I get criticized because why do you guys focus so much on the law? And I'm like, listen, you need to listen to the podcast, read yeah. the Torah, and maybe you'll get some understanding, you yeah. know? So I want to hear from your perspective about the importance of Israel in the gospel and kind of a, a working man's definition so that mm. people can eat it and understand it. What I, is the gospel? I, you know, it's a good, it's a really good question. I think that, I think we, we have the gospel, the definition of the gospel right now is just denominationally defined at least 30,000. I've heard 45,000. I don't know how many denominations are out there, but every denomination 
has a, a definition of the gospel. You know, what is this gospel and, and why was it important for them to start another denomination and, and get this, this thing? But the, the reality is, is that it's interesting you start with John 3. You know, yeah, start with, let's go. Start, I want to turn go. there. So we go, we go, you start with John 3. And the question is, uh, because we're starting the first of this, this chapter, the first thing he comes out saying is talking about, and what I, wanna, what I would like to do is define, is have definitions here. Because we definitely um, suffer from bad definitions. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, we have in John chapter two, um, Yeshua is is uh, cleansing the temple. Okay, he's cleansing the temple, and and we have a uh, we have Philip uh, and Nathaniel. What is in, in chapter one? Uh, we have uh, Philip saying. Uh, or Nathaniel saying in verse 49, Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, in John chapter 1, so, we, so we're going chapter 1, and we'll, we're going to chapter 2. What is, what is the, did the, the disciples, I'm asking the question, did disciples walk off the boat and see this this man's eyes and have a mystic experience <laughs> or did they did they were they looking for the king of israel yeah and i believe they were looking for the king of israel they were looking for they were yearning for they wanted it uh, they wanted this kingdom of israel to be established so that 2000 years ago was a was the the fierce um reality the 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 actual reality of their life they were looking for they were desperate for they had a temple it was corrupt but yet uh they didn't have a kingdom there wasn't someone sitting on the throne of david who is uh yeshua the angel says to mary in luke chapter one it luke's starting its deal out with saying that the one in you is going to sit on the throne of david david and rule over the house of jacob which is Israel. Israel, yeah. right. Okay, so we, we're, we, all these questions, they're simple. We, we, we would answer this. Hopefully, I do have some people come up to me and go, hey, I never heard that before. Well, no, it's right here. It's in the New Testament. Well, um, you know, I find that, especially, I mean, just with the finding the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith in the Torah, that I've read over verses a bajillion oh, times, and I still yeah. do it today, and just kind of blown over things. You know, it's like just even the word Israel. <laughs> yeah. And, or Israel and Judah. I mean, seeing these mm. things together oh, yeah. and like, or, and just not, and ignoring it. I don't know what right. that name is, so I'm going to go to the next verse. Yeah. And skip it over anyway. Sorry. It's in the new cup. It's uh, the, you know, the new, new covenant, Jeremiah 31, Israel and Judah. So yeah, yeah. So you, you can't skip over these things. This is, this is what, is it uh, today necessary? Is Yeshua, um, it, would Nathaniel still be looking for this king of Israel? And, and I believe, personally believe, and I, and I believe strongly, I, I believe this strongly, that he would be looking for the king of Israel. So Yeshua is going to the, the, um, the temple in chapter 2. He's there at Passover. Uh, there's a lot of things here uh, that we disconnect to as Christians. One, uh, how, many, how many Christians are doing Passover? How many, you know, our rabbi, I, 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 I say this all the time, our, the Jews that I talk to, they say things through their rabbi. You know, they do things through their rabbi. They, they, like, I remember being in Israel 
And the first time I went to Israel, or one of the first times I went to Israel, I saw this guy with a big fur hat on. It's 100 degrees. Outside, <laughs> right? It's 100 degrees. 100 degrees. And I'm looking at this guy. He, he's a big guy, too. He, I was a big guy. He's a big he guy. He looked fashionable? He was sweating. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I, w- I, went, I went up to him. I heard him speaking English, so I, I'm, I'm, I was like beeline. And, and I, w- I didn't, you know, I didn't have anything to lose. Yeah. I said, can I ask you a question? He said, oh, yeah, sure. What? I said, why are you wearing that hat? It's 100 degrees out here. So he said, he said, well, the reason why I wear this, this hat, this fur hat, is because my rabbi wore it. And it hit me. Man, what a concept. It hit me. Yeah. Like, like, I wonder, I'm thinking, if Yeshua wore a fur hat, would I wear it? Would I wear, would I wear a fur hat if he, had, if he was wearing a fur hat? If I, you know, maybe we, we did have a, a, you know, some picture or some place, you know, a legitimate, credible deal. Here's Yeshua uh, turning, the temp, you know, turning the tables here, and he's got this fur hat on. <laughs> you know, I'm like, am I going to wear a fur hat? Well, not likely because, for one, we've just gone through two chapters here, and we we haven't done anything he's done so far. One, we don't we we haven't we didn't recognize him when we came to salvation. You're asking me about salvation. We didn't recognize him as soon as Nathaniel met him face to face. He called him the King of Israel. The first thing he did. Interesting. So we 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 meet Yeshua, and we have no con- we still have no concept of what the King of Israel is. Then this is a problem. So we, we should, when we meet Yeshua, who is, by the way, is, is, because this is what all the prophets spoke about. The prophets were speaking about this king who's coming, the one who sits on the throne of David. It's gonna, we read about it. It's the Christmas uh, scriptures, you know. This is the, we read it every year. These, these passages about uh, this king who's coming and, and his, the government will be upon his shoulders. Sure. And we still don't recognize him as the son of David, the one who sits on the throne of David. The Wait, king the of government will be on his shoulders? Yeah, the government will be upon him. It's going to be on him. He's the Messiah. So, so we get to the temple. We, we have no regard. We, you, know, you talk to a Christian about the temple. Yeshua loved the temple. Here in, in John chapter 2, He's saying, uh, he says in verse 16, and he said to those who sold dove, take these away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, that's interesting that he calls it my father's house. Uh, who in Christianity calls the, the temple? This was, by the way, a corrupt, obviously a corrupt place. This right? was already corrupted. It's already the corrupt. Yeah. Right? It's already messed up. But he's saying, even in his corruption, it's my father's house. How many Christians do you know? Uh, honestly, I don't know any. I don't know any Christians that say that the temple, even in its corrupt state today, is my father's house or even Yeshua's father's house. But he says it. I, I'm not making it up. Go look at verse 16. It says, "My father's house, the house of merchandise." But then, so we have a definition here. Um, we also have that 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 great story about. Yeshua was staying back, you know, when he's 12 years old. What does he say? I, didn't you know, Mom, I, I'm going to be about my father's, father's business. business. Yeah. So where is his father's business? Well, he was in the temple. He was in the temple. So yeah. he's, this is it. 
So he's, he's defining us in a, in, a, in a biblical scholarship. We're looking here very plainly that, that Yeshua has a zeal for the house. Because why does he have a zeal for the house? And, the, and his disciples well, Didn't you just say this. it's his father's house? It's his father's house. He loves his father. He loves, he loves the God of Israel. He loves the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is, a, this is great. So now we're building up. And we can read more passages here, but we're building up to chapter 3. And he says, there's, there's, in, let's look at uh, verse 2. This man came to Yeshua by night, said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a good teacher. Come um, uh, and come from God. For no one can do these things, signs unless, uh, that you do unless God is with him. Yeshua answered him, said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, so if I'm born again, mm-hmm. I see the kingdom of God? Is that kingdom what that's saying? Kingdom of God. So what is the definition of kingdom of God? A kingdom of God. What is the definition of this kingdom? Well, it's a mystical place No. that um, <laughs> I ride on yeah. the back of a dragon to yeah. get to it through the clouds, right? No, well, you, 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 some way you're going to be, you're going to get there some way, somewhere <laughs> yeah, in, the, in the cosmos. Yeah. That, that's going to be it. But no, we, are, we already have it. Uh, Nathaniel says it's Israel. Uh, this is the kingdom of God is, is Israel. He's going to be king. You are the king. Everybody say it. You're the king, He's of, the king Israel. of Israel. <laughs> yeah, you got to say that. Because here we're talking about, so we can't separate two chapters later, the kingdom that God is, uh, that Nathaniel recognizing him as the king of Israel. And then and he's, he's not over the king here of born Judah. again, cannot see the kingdom what kingdom is it? Yeah, he's not the king of Judah, though. He's the king of Israel. King of Israel. Which he's would the be... king of the whole house, because that, yeah. that's, that's where David said, right? The United Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Not Britain. <laughs> well, yeah. This is I not guess. United, not that United Kingdom. So, so Nicodemus is saying to him, he's, he's still talking here. He says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born in water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is that kingdom? Go back. It is already defined. We got it defined. Right here in the same same book. Same deal. Which the chapters are kind of made up. Now, at this point, you're going to say, oh, Tommy, Ryan, you guys are, you know, this is too complicated. No, we have made this complicated. We've made this complicated. Because we're trying to tell... you know, because Yeshua is saying even a child is going to understand this because the children are going to understand it. You know, I, if I tell a story, I got 31 grandchildren right now. If I tell a story to them about a king without a kingdom, are they going to understand that story? Or would they understand a story that had a king with a kingdom and with maybe rules in that kingdom, you know, a constitution of that thing? Today, you know, we're going to say on the broadcast, we're going to take the, the Constitution of the United States and we're going to take it out here in the church parking lot and we're going to burn it. I just did it. My wife's going to call me now. She's going to tell me, <laughs> you can't say that. People say, you know, they're going, to, they're going to cut these things out and they're going to use it again. No, I, and I am totally being like, because as soon as I said that, your mind was offended. If you're an American, if you're a good American, you are offended at that. Yeah. But yet we we do it all the time with the Constitution. I think I told you this one yesterday. But well, Donald Trump he's fulfilled the Constitution, so now it's done away with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that that's yeah. <laughs> There'll be people like, hey, yeah, amen, brother. That's it. <laughs> no, that's it. No, no don't, don't I don't think start that religion. I don't think anybody. Be, yeah, says, no, nobody, nobody. And if they do, I don't want to know. Them. Well, no, nobody's going to be that ridiculous. But we, here we are, the Constitution of the State of Israel, uh, who. By the way, if you had gone to Yeshua, the one who's flipping tables in the temple uh, and, and, and making his father's house a den of thieves, if you're, if you're doing that, then, uh, you know, he, he's not going to be, this is not something that they're going to take very, very kindly that you're going to say that the constitution of the state of Israel, which is the Torah, yeah, um, that you're going to go out and destroy it. So I said, okay, I'm not going to destroy it. Or that the king of Israel right. would, in some form or fashion, do away with his own constitution that he right, yeah. wrote? Yeah, how do, you, how do you explain this to your child? How is he? <laughs> he's not getting it. He's not, uh, Dad, you know, unless you raise him in the, in the religious environment that we've been raised in, because when we're tested on this, especially with the Israel understanding, then we're going to be, that's when we're challenging ourselves. And so we can put ourselves in, you know, a, in a congregation of everybody that's agreeing with us that Israel's not part of this story. But I'm telling you, you can't force Israel out of this, out of this narrative. You can't do it. So he's saying, he goes on to say, um, Nicodemus, verse 9, you know, we're, we're inching, inching down towards the, to the climax. To the climax. Yeah, yeah. 16 is just a few verses away, right? Uh-oh. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Yeshua answered and, and said to him, are you a teacher in Israel? <laughs> and you don't know these things? What does it say? Are you a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? What are you a teacher of, Ryan? A teacher of, what are you, what are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be, you should be Nicodemus. You're a teacher of Torah, of Israel. Yeah, of Israel. Okay. Of Israel. You're a teacher of Israel. You are a teacher of Israel. You are a teacher of Israel. And you don't know this? And you don't know these things? <laughs> the subject has not changed. Yeah. And here we are. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're in verse 10. We're, we're just a few verses away from the, from the gospel. Yeah. But we're still talking about Israel here. And yet we'll have people, hordes of people that say, I don't get the Israel thing. I'm going to tell you, this, this is, this is tragic. Yeah. Because this is what the, this is the damage that, that, uh, that's, that has the replacement theology the replacement mindset has put upon um has put upon the believers yeshua came to rule over israel we can use all these terms grafted in commonwealth of israel all these things sure citizenship once gentiles ephesians 2 once yeah. gentiles now we're brought into it, all these these are all kingdom this is a kingdom language that we need to get used to talking about are you a teacher of Israel? Yeah, it's almost like I'm immigrating, right? It's an immigration yeah, process. Yeah. But we have to have more teachers of Israel. We have to have more people. Yeshua is looking at this. He's looking at this guy, and he's saying, you're a teacher of Israel. You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you what. He, Yeshua, if he were here today, he'd be looking at Christianity going, what are you talking about? You don't know? You don't know? 
It's the gospel. I'm talking about the gospel. You're presenting a gospel without Israel, without the kingdom, without the, the one who is the king of Israel. Is yeah. it okay? It just, does it, is it just Nathaniel that needs, to, or, 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 that needs to recognize Yeshua as the king of Israel? Or does everybody need to understand him as the king of Israel? You know, it's funny, my, with that, it dawned on me one day, I'm just, you know, I'm just in my normal reading the Bible, spending mm-hmm. some time in study. Um, and I get to Mark chapter one. And so like every once in a while, you'll start a book or a, a um, you know, something, right? And, right? and start reading. And so I'm reading the first chapter. And then the first words of, of, of Jesus here, of Yeshua, is in verse 15. And it just says very plainly, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Yeah. So I was like, well, wait a second. Well, the gospel right here in verse 15 says that it's the kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, Look, it, I know that at hand means near, right? Right. I know that um, just those words are packed, right? I mean, just right. the kingdom of God is near. Yeah. So repent. So why do I need to repent? Because the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're excited about that. I mean, I am excited about that, but it's just like, wow. I mean, I see yeah. those things, and it's and boom, Mark hits it right out of the gate. Hey, yeah. this is my gospel. I'm about to tell you the good news. The first time I quote Yeshua, I'm going to give it the most clear answer I can pot- to tell you right. what it is. The kingdom of God is near. Now, I know that people have mysticized that statement. I know that people have um, mm-hmm. ultra-spiritualized that statement. Is there a spiritual aspect to it? Absolutely. But just like with the Torah, you cannot remove the spiritual principle from the physical thing, right? They go hand in hand. The spiritual and the physical mirror each other. At least that's what I believe. I believe right. that, oh, yeah, that yeah, when okay. I see things happening on the earth, mm-hmm. I know there's, a, there's something happening in the spirit that's right. causing it or in tandem with it in, in you know, something of those, lo- those, right. those ideas. Right. And I, and I think that, that, that that's, the, that, that's, that's it. What we miss... Uh, is the excitement because these were these were multitudes of people that were uh, expecting um, expecting uh, Yeshua to take his position. You know, we look at uh, even John. If you look over, you know, because I, lo- I love just taking one gospel and just taking at it. What what was the perspective? So, uh, in John chapter six, if you look uh, at chapter six verse fifteen, it says, therefore. When Yeshua, Yeshua perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, so what was Yeshua stirring up? One, he was challenging. He just challenged the guy, Nicodemus. You're a teacher in Israel. You don't know what I'm talking about. And... And he, you know, this was, this is something we have to get it through this, this Israel lens. We have to get it. The reason why we don't get this, the reason why verse 15 doesn't make sense to us because they're not hoarding him like we would think 
because of the miracles. Mm. They're not, they're not, everybody's not just, you know, pressing in and trying to, to it's not do. this spontaneous thing that comes out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. It's because they believe he's the one that's going to sit on the throne of David. They're about to force him to be king. How many Christians are for, how many of you even think about him as a king? How many of us say, or think about Yeshua as the, or Jesus Christ and think about a messianic king who's ruling over Israel? Yeah. But right, we're, you're a teacher in Israel. And you don't you gotta, know this. You don't know these things. You've got to teach Israel. Man. You have to teach Israel. This is, your, this is the, the commission. Yeah. We're five verses away from the, from the poster in the football game. Yeah. And you've got to be teaching Israel in order for you to understand God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For what? Well, but to Tommy, not to not for because so that he w- was not the king that Nathaniel was talking about that he wasn't it wasn't about his father's house. Are we going to are we going to wipe out all these things? Now, I say this with the utmost facetiousness. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, but it. but Tommy, Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. Right. Right. And so this is a heavenly kingdom. He's not talking about a physical kingdom, right? And the first thing when I hear that that my mind goes to is, yeah, but Jesus has has died. He was buried. He's been resurrected. He spent 40 days on the earth, and then he ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has come, and then the new prophets of Israel, right? The apostles, John, the writer of the revelation of Jesus Christ, is still talking about Jesus coming to be the physical king of Israel on the earth, right? So, yeah. I mean, anyways, continue. And I he's just... saying it. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're just taking the, the, the deal with, with John, um, there, there is a, when Yeshua is teaching, the Jews, obviously, the, the is, Israelites, are expecting him to take his position. And I think that that also falls into the scandal. Um, the, the scandal is the... Uh, uh, is that in this expectation, the question is to Christianity, did he fulfill it then? And then the next question is, is he going to? And the, 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 the answer has to be yes. And if it's not a yes, if he's not the king of Israel, like Nathaniel said, if he's not going to be, then we got a wrong religion. Well, then he was never the Messiah. Never the Messiah. Yeah. Not the Messiah. Just You might as well go find Buddha and do something. Well, that's what I say about Paul. I say if Paul is saying that the Torah is done away with, if that's in yeah. fact what he's saying, then he is in fact a heretic according to the rest right. of Scripture. So we know Paul's not a heretic, right. so he must be saying something else. Like I can work with that. That's For me, it's again, it's bringing it down to the working man's definition of how, how do I say in plain language... Paul's not a heretic, right. so he can't be saying this. Right. Right? So, if he, and then, you know, backing up from the, that place, in, verse, in chapter 5, he's saying that, uh, which is also, you know, how we, need to, how we need to pursue Yeshua, how we need to pursue this kingdom advancement, because Yeshua is sitting here, um, you know, talking about, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 39, you search the scriptures for... Uh, in them you think you have eternal life, and these are which testify of who? Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So these these scriptures, what are the scriptures? Are the, have the Gideons come around and started handing out New Testaments yet? No. 
please, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, there's no other scriptures beside the Tanakh, the prophets. And so um, he said, I, I've come. I have come, 43. I've come in my father's name, which is, we, we could do a whole podcast on his name. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, could we? Uh, father's name. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you would receive him. There's a lot to say there. Now, how can you believe uh, who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the holy, from the holy God? Do not think I come to accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. And here you get this. And, and you, need to, you need to really just read this and understand it. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how you believe my words? I'm going to tell you, those two verses right there, 46 and 47, they have to fit over John 3.16. Or John 3.16 is not a legitimate verse. They have to be, you cannot put John 3.16 in a box. Right. Separate from the next chapter. That Even the Yeshua next verses, right? The ver yeah, he's, he's saying it. This is a kingdom teaching, the kingdom teaching. And then when Yeshua is teaching these things, what, is it, what does it do to those who are listening? Those who are listening are going to make him king by force. They're getting fired up. I'm telling you, this is bigger than a, an old football player coming to the, to the Bucks <laughs> and, and bringing him to the Super Bowl. This, I mean, they, really, honestly, these people were fired up. Yeah. They were fired up because the king of Israel, Nathaniel says it, you are the king of so Israel. So they're selling out can of you season say that? tickets. Can, we, can the people in your audience say, Yeshua, you are the king of Israel without mysticizing it, without... But, but, but really, it is a, a physical reality of a kingdom that's going to be in a specific place. Yeshua called it my father's house. Don't change the definition. Sure. My father's house is a particular place that he, that he, he pointed out in his most fierce message, in, his, in, in a way that you, you, you can't, if you can't it's, it would be impossible for you to take what he said at that moment, what he did at that moment, and cleaning off that temple, throwing people off, being very unchristlike. I mean, he, very, he, is, <laughs> he is he's cleaning this temple. I'm saying, putting unchristlike. I wish I could say it like he probably said it. This shall not be. It yeah. will not be. It, it will not be a den of thieves. But we know what he said. He says it in every other gospel. He says, this house shall be a house of prayer. For all nations. My father's house. My father's house is going to be a house of prayer for all nations. Do, we, do, do the believers that are listening to this believe that? I'm talking about the gospel here. And I'm talking about a gospel that is not, does not, uh, we're not, we're not speaking in the intensity of our rabbi. Remember our rabbi? Yeah. He, he loves the temple. We're not, he also, he loves the feast. He loves these things, but yet we don't. Yeah. We don't. We don't love what he does. Would we, if he were here today, would we, would, would Christianity 
you know, be so drawn to him that we would force him to be king? You know, it's would funny. that be a problem for him? I don't think so. It's funny that you say that because, like, right now, out there in the world, you know, I've heard that they are attempts to defund the police and to get rid of, right. you know, law and order and, and, and whatever. And, and look, I mean, there's, there's some legitimate issues out there that it's not the point of what I'm saying, but there's an idea that lawlessness will abound. And people hear that, and I think that that strikes a little bit of fear in their heart. In the mm-hmm. same way that they hear that if there's a third temple built and that it's in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, that the Antichrist is going to set himself up on there like it's going to be his office. Yeah. You know, he's just going to be running operations. Right. So really, they're going to put up a sign that says Antichrist Central. And that's really, I think, the, the, the real general way that people within the church think about the temple, rather than the most holy place in the world mm-hmm. that ends up being defiled by who? By the lawless one. The one that doesn't have the law. Wait the one that is... It's almost I like Yeshua did away with the law. Well, exactly, right? So it's almost, and I think that's part of the gospel message that we have to understand as as true believers that when we read the scriptures, that we cannot talk out of both sides of our mouth. He can't be the king of Israel, who's coming to restore justice, mm-hmm. and yet somehow he's done away with his his law. I think that's what he's saying to Nicodemus. He said exactly that. You, you got to stop talking out of both sides of your mouth. Right. You're a teacher in Israel, and you don't know what I'm talking about. So well, we got to go back and look at the scriptures. We, and you know what? We hadn't even started. We hadn't even talked about. It. He said, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't know Moses, you don't, you don't know me. What does he say? He's saying that. He says, if you believe Moses, you would believe me. What's the first thing we're going to do in Christianity is say, you know what? Stop believing Moses and just believe it. No, can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Why? Because we don't have any part of Israel. We don't, we don't, we're not a teacher of Israel. So we talk like we don't have any part of Israel. So that, this, he's speaking. He's screaming at us. You think he's talking to Jews? He's talking to people on your broad, your, uh, this, this podcast right now. And, and I would just invite people to come and meet this Yeshua that, that, that actually spoke these words. And then, and then, but if you do not believe his right, who's his? Moses, his writings. How will you believe my words? Yeah, you know, one of the... So, so this is, a, this is the, 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 the real tat, the real challenge here for us. Because we're never going to get the excitement of what, what Yeshua is doing here unless, unless it, we're never going to get any real excitement for what he's going to do. Because these things were not just about what he was doing right now, what, right what he was doing then. It was about what he was going to do in this, you know, what we're doing. We're, we, Ryan, we hope that it's this generation Amen. that's going to see him. Amen. But we need to get it right. We need to be. We need to be getting it right. We need to be praying for the King of Israel to come. Yeah, you know, there's this idea, um, you know, that that Paul says certain things that you know go one way, that that Jesus says things that go another way, um, that we ultra spiritualize things. And I, I look 
to say that there there isn't another realm, right? There isn't a heavenly realm. There's not a right. Uh, oh. uh, I think that I, I don't want people to misunderstand what what's being said because there there's not because again the spiritual and the natural they mirror each other and Jesus is coming where to Israel. So when we look at the good news of the gospel, the good news of the gospel is that he's brought us into the kingdom. That, guess what? You're no longer a Gentile. But why are you right. no longer a Gentile? It's because you're no longer a citizen of that other country. You know? Right. You're now yeah, a yeah. citizen of the commonwealth yeah. of Israel. Right. And I think that to understand that we come under his kingdom, and that under his kingdom that there's, what we said earlier, right? Peace provision and protection that we come under his covering and that in that place there is safety but there's safety because there's there's a kingdom and everything that comes along with it and there's right. a righteous king right because we've there's yeah. there are many examples hallelujah. of unrighteous kings but there's a hallelujah. righteous king yeah hallelujah yeah i think that that's the that that's that's it we we go on you know you look at uh um at in John, if we're just if we're just looking at the gospel and what what people were expecting, you got the one. Well, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit, but but here it is in the triumphal uh, the the triumphal entry in chapter 12, and it says they're saying, "Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel." Verse 13, the King of Israel. Now we went we've gone from Nathaniel, you are the King of Israel. To now, a whole multitude of people saying you are the king of Israel, right? I, I, I would challenge uh, congregations right now, even Messianic congregations. Are we really referring to Yeshua as the king of Israel, or is that what we're we're referring to? Do we actually know it, or do we still believe in that replacement, you know, deal that we learned, you know, way back? Is that going to be, is that, is, are we, are we expecting what they were expecting as he was walk or as he was riding that donkey into Jerusalem and they were all hailing him right. as the king of Israel. But remember, and, then we, and then we're going to say, we're going to say, I don't get the Israel thing. Yeah, but remember the Jews got it wrong. Right. They missed yeah. the Messiah. They were looking for something else. You know, they all got it wrong. You know, so, uh, and, and, and Jesus, you know, he fights with those Jews the whole time he's there, you know, he's just like, you know, showing them something, uh, something else, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's fighting with them. And I think that that is where the anti-Semitism is built in, right? I think that's where it creeps in is through that idea right. that, well, you know, that he was, he was fighting with those Jews. Never mind that yeah. every other person he was around was a Jew, right? All 12 of the, wait, all 12 of the disciples were Jews? Yeah. Right? Oh, you mean all these good people that were in the multitudes in the crowds? Those were all Jews too? So it wasn't the Jews, quote unquote, that he's fighting against, right? It's an ideology. Right. It's a it's a corruption. It's right. a defilement. It's an abomination that he's fighting against. And it's funny because we're today fighting against the same mm -hmm. abomination. The priesthood yeah, yeah. is corrupt, right? right? The government is right. corrupt. I mean, look, come Lord Jesus, come, right? Bo right. Yeshua, Bo. You right. know, it's just like, how do you... How do you see these things and then point at the Jews got it wrong? Mm. Because those very same Jews believed on Jesus so much 
that they expected that those pieces that they were hoping he was going to do the first time, they're like, well, you know what? He said he's coming again, and mm -hmm. he's going to do those things then. Yeah. And the gospel, we started this conversation out, what is the gospel? Yeah. And, and he's saying that even, even if you, for, for some crazy reason, you think that Nathaniel was wrong and everybody that was hailing him as the king of Israel. Or maybe the angel was wrong when, when he said, uh, when the angel told Mary that the one in you is going to sit on the throne of David. Maybe he was wrong. Yeah. You got to really face the fact that there's a lot of people wrong if you don't get the Israel thing. Yeah. And, and so the, you know, he's saying it, in the, and, he, and he says in the other Gospels too. That but if we're the temple, in, why, why the temple in Jerusalem, you know? Yeah, then that's a whole different, that's a whole um, deal right there. Well, we can put it, we can put it yeah. to the side. I don't want to get yeah. us off track. No, I mean, I think, I think it's important, uh, and I, I'd, lo I'd love to hit that real, real yeah. quickly, but, but, you know, good. We're looking at the the um, the presentation that John, the Gospel yeah. of John, here, and the and, and I'm just pointed on this because there's a lot here. Sure, there's a lot here in the Gospel of John that speaks about Israel. Well, but you're going to find more, even you know, almost every verse in Luke and every verse in Matthew and every verse in Mark uh, is speaking about the same thing: this kingdom of Israel that everybody was hoping for, everybody knew was going to happen. And even, the, you know, I want to go back to, because so, so we recognizing him as the king of Israel, and then we go back to the, this, this scene here in, the 11, in chapter 11 in John. And what does it say? He's saying here, uh, and one of them, five, uh, 49, uh, chapter 11, one of them, Caiaphas being high priest that year, said to that, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider. We, we know what's happening here. Yeshua's, they're having some problems here. The hierarchy of the Jewish uh, religious order is having some problems, and, and, they're, and they're really having a difficult time with this one who is obviously, the, the, all of Israel is looking to, it seems like most of Israel is looking to as the, as the the Messiah, right, the one who sits on the throne of David, the King of Israel, they're they're hailing him as that. But here, Caiaphas, listen to this. Let's go back to forty eight. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And say, so what would they? What is our place in our nation? So this was a uh, this was all about Israel. Yeah. Okay, all about Israel, even in the. In this corruption with these guys, it was all about Israel. But Caiaphas answered him and he said, Nor do you consider, you know nothing at all, verse 49, 50, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. So let's, let's read on, 51. Now this he did not say on his own authority. He's prophesying this. The question is right now to the listeners, do you believe this was a prophecy? He did not say this on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die for the nation. Somebody was asking me about individual salvation. But here, the prophecy is here that Yeshua is dying for the nation. And he's saying this not for that nation only. And, and, I, and I always ask my children, I say, go ahead and finish that. Yeah. Finish that statement. Yeah. Not for that nation only, but for all of us Gentiles. No, that's not what it says. Listen to this. 
for not, not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together. This is like totally Ezekiel 36. Yeah, yeah. This is totally Ezekiel 36. That I would gather, that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought that was the old stuff. That was the old plan. The Jews are going to return. No. This is a messianic picture. Sure. This is what happens when the gospel is taking place. Right, because the prophecy is that those that were scattered abroad would return. And who would do that? The, the Messiah. The king. The Messiah. The Messiah. The yes. anointed one, right? The anointed one, the yeah. king. And so that's what the hub-hub, this is what the excitement is all about. And how many of us in the Christian church, how many of us are running towards the front to get our, to receive salvation because we're ready for the king of Israel to take his throne? And this is a great set of scriptures to kind of make the point that I made in the beginning, that the death, burial, and resurrection and the blood of Jesus is a means, not necessarily just an end. Is it an end? Absolutely, right? I mean, they call it the finished work of the cross, right? Yeah. But it's a means to this, to what? Because it says here that he should die, right, for this nation and not for this nation only, but that those that are scattered abroad would be gathered together. So the whole point Mm -hmm. is that him dying was for a purpose. And for what purpose, right? For individual salvation, so I can get a golden ticket, so that when, you know, finally St. Peter gets around to showing up with the keys to open up the pearly gates, that I can get in, you know, they're going to oh, scan yeah. it. I mean, look, it, it, if it happens that way, I'll gladly take my ticket and enter. Amen? I want to say, you know what? Then, <laughs> you know, good luck. Uh, because I, because I, don't, I think Nathaniel would be shocked at our understanding. Here's of, what I know. I know there's a gate. And I know that I want to be inside that gate and not outside that yeah, gate. Yeah, we got. If you let's let's go there. I mean, I, I think that's important to cover. I don't know how much time we have left, but um, if we're if we're going to uh, Luke chapter thirteen, oh, we're jumping to Luke thirteen. Luke now. thirteen. I'm I'm sorry, I'm going out All of right. John. You just got me on this, this gate here I'm thing, and I'm, and I'm I'm going here. Maybe maybe we can finish up here too. Yeah. I think it's good. But yeah, yeah. He says uh, in verse twenty two. Chapter 13, he says, and he went through the cities and the villages. He went through the cities and the villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Yeshua is always going towards Jerusalem. His face <laughs> is set towards Jerusalem. When he's going on mission, his, he's journeying usually towards Jerusalem. And yeah. that's his, you know, with the, he's talking to the Samaritans. His face is set uh, towards Jerusalem. What's it, and, you know, back in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 9. Uh, so, uh, he says, then one of them said, Lord, are, are, there are few who are saved. We're talking about the gospel message, right? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. And I love this, this, this next part of this because it's so Tennessee. Uh, it says, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? Mine says, you? whence ye are. Whence you are. Yeah, where are you from? Yeah. Get that. Where are you from? Whence you are. Well, say, we say, like, in Tennessee, we would say, you ain't from around here, are you? You ain't from around here. You ain't from around here. So the, where, where does that 
re, it, it infers that it's important to be part of a kingdom. Like it, it, it's important to be, if you're a Tennessean, it just really is good that you're a Tennessean. If you're like, I know there's a lot of pride in Florida about the native Florida, Florida guys. I'm know. one of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's a lot like they, they even native, have a, you know, you have a special a, name for us. It's, what is it called? Crackers. Crackers. Yeah. Florida really? crackers. I know it, it sounds racist, but yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I'm a proud Florida cracker. I mean, so yeah, we even so have a place called cracker a, country, you know? Really? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's this, this idea that, you know, all these Northern guys that are moving down to Florida, they ain't native. And we say, where are you, where are you from? You're from, you know, New Hampshire or somewhere, you know? Uh, and then they're only down here for a couple of months and they head back, right? So he's saying this. <laughs> yep. He's saying, where are you from? He says, then you will begin to say, again, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you, where are you from? Again, he's saying it. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. I'm going to tell you, if you don't know the king of Israel right now, if, you don't, if you're not comfortable with acknowledging the king of Israel, Yeshua's going to look at you and say, what kingdom are you from? What state? What country? What nationality? Because this is a nationality that has a, has a huge consequence of not being a part of it. Revelation says outside of these gates. right? No, it says it right here. Is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's look at it. He says, there will be weeping, in 28, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourself thrust out. This is Yeshua speaking here. This is the king of Israel. What is the king of Israel going to come and do? What is, what is uh, Mary singing about after she gets the news that the one in her is going to sit on the throne of David? Thank you for remembering the covenant that you made with Abraham. Thank you that, you, that we can now know that you're not giving up on your promises. This is the gospel. This is what got the people of Israel excited. And so they're, they're looking at this, that the prophets in Israel, uh, the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourself, he says, if you're not, when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves, those that, where are you from? You're thrust out. What does it say? I mean, weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound very good. Don't sound, it sounds like hell. You know, this, this same thing, you workers of iniquity, right? The, that I never knew you, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. also in, um, right. in Matthew. And it's, it's interesting to me, especially because this word iniquity is unrighteousness here. It's two different Greek words in, in, in Matthew versus this one. It's anomia in, in Matthew. It's lawlessness. And so unrighteousness and lawlessness both, to me, say that you're a lawbreaker. And again, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. And here's a, here's a, maybe a point that can nail it home for some folks. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shit. So for me, sometimes I've got to, I've got to get it, you know, real plain. I need it simple. Yeah, I need it simple. There is a lawless one that is coming. There is one that is without law, right? There is the one that will come, and he right. will profess. No kingdom, no law. Hey, do whatever you, what's, hey, what is it? Uh, what is it? The, I've heard, as I'm not into Satanism, but I've heard Satanism, one of their big tenets is do what thou wilt, right? It's their big mm. tenet, right? You, thy will be done, you know? Mm. Not God's will be done, but 
but your own will yeah, your own be will. done. Yeah. So there is someone coming. Mm-hmm. And I think that we read in Matthew 24 about the deceiving, right? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Four times it says, don't be deceived. We read about the falling away and we all say, well, that ain't going to be me. Mm-hmm. Well, here he ain't talking to me. You know, where are you from? Oh, you know where I'm from. You're, you're my Messiah. And all, all I get, you know, and here's the thing. I'm not, you, you've said it a, a bunch of times this mm-hmm. weekend. I don't know the mercy of God, right? Yeah. My prayer is that the people that call out to God, they will all be saved. Every mm. single one of them that God will find them where they're at. They're calling out to God. You mean the ones that cast out demons? In his well, <laughs> listen. The guys that, the guys that, caught, that cast out demons. I said it's my prayer, okay? Yeah, okay. God has whatever he's going to do. I'm just saying. I don't, I'm, just, well, I'm, just, I'm just talking through my rabbi right now. Okay, okay? understood. Understood. You know what my rabbi says? He says, I never knew you, yeah, you yeah. worker of... Iniquity, unrighteousness yeah. of lawlessness. Yeah, but hey, but we 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 cast out demons in your name. Wow. So I I guess the point is that the danger here is within the idea of salvation in the gospel is that there are people who are going to believe on this anti-messiah, this lawless one. Mm. But how does it? Because we all say, how does he? If, if if it possible, even the elect would be deceived, right? And yeah. then, then it's who is the elect and they get mystical and all this stuff. And I get it. You know, I mean, I get where people go and I'm not saying these are illegitimate conversations to be had. I think these conversations should be had and need to be had. But I think the bigger piece of this is that there is a king with a Torah mm-hmm. and that he's coming. A and constitution. That, and a constitution. And that we, if we want to be part of this kingdom, because if he's preparing a place, yeah. right? Is maybe that's a position in his administration. I better be ready to administer something within right. that administration based on his constitution. Yeah, you're a teacher in Israel. Right. Israel. You don't know this? So so then I guess if I'm trying to put it together, maybe you can help me confirm this or not, but there's a picture here where there'll be a lot of people that believe on a lawless one, but the lawless one they're believing in is because they were duped into believing that the Messiah is the lawless one. It's like, hey, here's all the picture. But that Yeshua is a king with a place, right? With a kingdom, mm-hmm. with a constitution, right? The Torah, with, um, and that the spirit of God is with him, right? That he is God, right? That he's coming for his bride. And okay. I think that we have to get our heads wrapped around that. And, I, and unless I, I find myself reading so much into details that I become less detail-oriented because I find myself confused sometimes. Well, if this, then this. Well, what? But then I got to come back up out of water. I got to get my head above water, and I got to say, well, what do I know for sure? I know for sure those things that I just mentioned, that the king is coming, right. and that I want to be, because if you read the Torah, you get this theme of what does God want? God wants a people, and he wants to be their God. Hmm. He wants to be their king. So and I was talking earlier, we were talking about, you know, uh, young men courting young ladies. And I told this young man that I was, uh, you know, just trying to give him some sound advice. And I said, listen, you know, if you want that type of young lady, you don't go find her and then become the right man for her. You have to right. become the man yeah, that she deserves first. And then she comes. Absolutely. And I'm not promoting a works-based gospel either, but I'm promoting a gospel-based works. Yeah. Right, that that yeah. there's that you have the gospel. God gives you the gospel. Says, "Hey, get to work. This is my kingdom. We've got some yeah. work to do." Yeah. And praise God because you know what? 
the best people that I see are the happiest have purpose and right. passion for the work that they're doing. Those are the happiest people I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. That they have something to do, and especially if God's called them to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And those happy people also have boundaries, and they need, we, we need uh, accountable boundaries, and we need that, those, yeah. uh, that, that place for us is important for us to, 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 um, to look at the kingdom, understand it's what it's happening, and then move in that, yeah. that place. So. Well, we've gone all this, and we are out of time. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, Tommy, thank you so much. Yeah, you know? it's been wonderful. Yeah, I've I mentioned to you guys at the beginning of this that um, you know High Avail is in need of help. Um, the urgent plea I would say is this, based on what I've heard from you so far, Tommy, is that uh, the coronavirus has had a major impact on travel, and High Avail's ministry is based largely on people from all around the world traveling into Israel to come and help the Jewish farmers in Judea and Samaria who don't have help otherwise harvest grapes and do all that and get get the work done and so i would encourage all of you guys to uh to look into that go to highavel.com h-a-y-o-v-l.com and sign up for a trip uh get yourself ready to go and then there might be some changing that happens but you know what messiah is going to come whenever he wants to right so we got to get used to being flexible for whatever the kingdom wants um so i'd encourage you guys to do that um so highavel.com check them out on, on social media check them out on the web um, check them out in person in the land of Israel. Is there anything else you think I need to mention there? I think you got it. Okay. I think we just, we just shared the gospel. Right? I think we did. We just invite, invite people to accept that gospel. Yeah. Though. Well, I want you guys to repent and believe the gospel. So whatever other thinking you had, I want you to take a 180-degree turn away from it, and I want you to believe that the kingdom of God is near and that the king is coming and that we need to get ready. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.